We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in uh, Darmstadt, Illinois. I had to think there you for a second. <laughs> How long have you been there? Oh, <laughs> man, 38 years now. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. The old age is creeping up on me, though. The mind doesn't work quite as snap. It's, you know, yeah. it's kind of a rusty trap now. <laughs> So. That's okay. Well, and, well, and you, you, we got so we got the young blood the here. The young said blood. It. Yes, and, and so you should introduce yourself. Yes, Pastor Matt Youngblood uh, Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in the picturesque streets of South St. Louis. <laughs> oh come on, the trees are all bare, and there's probably all kinds of dirt and mud from the snow and stuff like that. All the salt they spread. I know how it is in the big cities. <laughs> It's just filthy, dirty. Smog and crime and <laughs> gangs running amok now. I know, like the children gangs, because when we were over there, the big sign said, caution children. I'm thinking, what, there's these gangs of children? Watch out for those children. Watch out for those children. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, I don't know if we did this last week either, but I think everyone who listens knows who we are, but we better make it official. This is Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. And Matt, I'm so excited. We're beginning the new year, and you had just these wonderful words from Psalm 90, uh, uh, and I've got a great text uh, for people to begin the new year but i also have some some terrible jokes to begin the new year because really it's wrestling with the basics could we start the new year without some really terrible puns it wouldn't be the new year without them and and they're biblical (laughs) it's inevitable isn't it they're biblical puns oh so they actually almost tangentially apply to what we're talking about here (laughs) that's right it's random but it's stuff uh uh, they actually have to do and and with finances have you do you know the old biblical finance well there's a lot of biblical financial jokes like like uh uh, um (laughs) jesus saves but moses invests have you ever heard that one? Jesus uh, saves. Yeah, no, that, that one's new to me. That's a new one? Okay. Yeah. Well, then yeah, maybe I'm going to try to forget that too. one. <laughs> you know who the best money managers in the Bible were? Who, John? The best money managers? Who were the best money managers well, in the Bible? One, one was Noah, who was floating his stock when everyone else was in liquidation. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> can it get any better than that? That's you pretty good. That's that? pretty good. Oh, yes. Listen to this. You know, the other good Bible manager, or money manager, was Pharaoh's daughter. Why is that? Well, she went down to the bank of the Nile and managed to draw out a little profit. Oh, that's kind of cute. <laughs> I kind of like that one. Yeah. Who have you been hanging out with? <laughs> accountants? That's What's why. going on? This is accountants. You, know, you think of them as being dull, but no, they have the greatest jokes. <laughs> the best joke. <laughs> Jesus saves, Moses invests. Invests. <laughs> Okay. And a little profit. I like the Moses one. That's like, cute. It is cute. Oh, a little oh, profit. Good, That's good. cute. So, well, yeah, it very fits, nice. It fits in with the whole nature of the show. We don't claim that the jokes are good. No. no. <laughs> They're just... In fact, it's just the opposite, right? It's usually the bad <laughs> jokes. Right. It's That's the public exactly service. Right. If you hear someone else starting to tell that joke, they say, hey, wait <laughs> say no, no. I, I've already been warned of that. I'm wrestling with the basics. And hopefully you beat them to the punchline. Well, all right. So you you had this rather depressing story from Psalm 90. <laughs> Don't blame me. Blame Moses. Moses. He's the one who wrote Psalm 90. 
And yet, yet it had all kinds of hopefulness. And it isn't that amazing that that Moses, looking over his life, realizing that his generation has passed away, he's not going to enter the promised land. And yet, still talking about the faithfulness of the Lord, still talking about the favor of the Lord, establishing the the work of our hands. He says and everything. But and, and what was your key phrase? Seize the seize the day. So teach us to number our days of right that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Yeah. That's what Moses yeah. writes. Yeah. And so we number our days. We seize the day and we remember what's important at the end of the day. And that's exactly what you already pointed out, right? That God is God from generation to generation. And then what a comfort to, to know that he does establish the work of our hands. That, you know, once our life here on this earth is over, God's word goes on. Yeah. And, and from everlasting from everlasting, everlasting. everlasting. And, yeah. and our children and grandchildren and, and all those we've been able to, to work with with our hands and with our uh, words, you know, that God establishes that work in his word. So, yeah, it's a comfort. You, you've just actually touched my heart with that thought because as, as a fellow who's getting older and realizing that my ministry, uh, at least my formal ministry, is probably going to come to an end in a couple of years and wonder about what will life be after retirement. But But you're right. I'm leaving a whole generation of people behind me, like yourself. You, you, you had the the the. I don't know if it's a joy, a privilege, or a curse. The burden. <laughs> the burden might have been the proper <laughs> word because you know you you were able to be our our vicar for a year, but you're right. There are people that we have taught and we've given the word of God through wrestling with the basics, and 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 they'll go on and they'll keep on living and they'll keep on sharing this gospel with others, and and because uh, yeah, the grace and mercy of God isn't going to end with you and me, but it uh, will will continue. What a comfort! I mean, to me, that's a comfort. It, it, it doesn't is. depend upon Matt or John, but God establishes the work of our hands. He's the one who works through us. He's the one who establishes that work. Thanks be to God from generation to generation. How many generations have you baptized? You've probably baptized the, the children know. of people you've baptized, I'm yeah. sure. Maybe even the yeah. grandchildren yes, of people yeah, you've baptized has, at this point. It has become that. That's right. That's You're pretty right. remarkable. Again, I don't That's, think about that either. Yeah. How that, that just keeps continuing and going on. And, and it is a great comfort to know that someone else will come and take over the church and that will continue even well beyond me. So... Uh, it's interesting because so we got that kind of theme from from Psalm ninety, and and the text I am going to share with you has I think kind of a similar emphasis uh, uh, as we look into the new year. It's not necessarily a thing like well everything's going to be great, but it might be a year where there's going to be some struggles and trials. In fact, we could almost expect that it might be a year with troubles and trials. Well, anyway, yeah. I, I want you to share the story. Would you share the story sure. with him of the boy Jesus in the temple? And, and we're going to do something different here, Matt. If you just would read the whole story from Matthew, or Luke, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to uh, 52. All right, very good. All right. Now, this one's... <laughs> This one's kind of close to my heart, too, yeah. because uh, Jesus is 12 here. We have a, ah, a son at home who just, well, he was 12, just turned 13. Yeah, so yeah. I'm picturing Jesus as our, our son Noah, you know, similar in age. And it's kind of interesting to to now as a dad look at that story through that lens, too. Actually, kind of knowing, knowing a 12-year-old. Knowing a 12-year-old yeah, pretty closely, yeah, yeah. you know, that uh, you know I share a home with. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but here's the 12-year-old Jesus in the temple from Luke 2. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. 
After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Um, so, so what we're doing now, Matt, is, is, is there's actually two options when it comes to the lessons you read on a uh, given Sunday. Uh, there is the three-year lectionary. That, that's what you guys are using, isn't it, Matt? Sure. We, it rotates every year. You reflect on different readings once every three yeah, years. Yeah, sure. Matthew, one year, Mark, uh, Luke, and John kind of gets thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I've done, by the way, for my 38 years of ministry. Uh, and I thought as, as I was getting ready for my last years, I would use the other option, which is what we call the historic one-year lectionary. And, and historic because, yeah, man, what, maybe a thousand years the church had been using this lectionary. I know, I know Martin Luther used it 500 years ago, but I think it was going on long, long before uh, he was around. Uh, and so in this one-year lectionary, the the, the uh, uh, church year, or not the church year, but the, the new year, will always start off with this story about uh, Jesus in the temple. Now, of course, we've preached on this before. It's in the, the three-year lectionary sure. uh, and in the year of Luke. When, when you've done this, what kind of things do you remember in the past? I, I, you're a young guy. You should be able to remember the past. I, I don't, but... <laughs> Do you remember what, what you kind of got out of this text? Anything in particular that struck you? Well, I'm wondering where you go with the new year here. I think that's interesting. I mean, you hear the connection. Too, but okay. anyway, no, the things that struck me, um, you know, I, I think certainly the Father's house. I think that's okay. a, a, a good, I, a, a I, neat I'll connection. i say that because we are going to talk so, about I mean, that. So, I mean, we have special significance, obviously, with Jesus being God's son. So, yeah, that connection. Yep. But also for us, too, uh, as we come to our Father's house, uh, yep. what a beautiful yeah. picture that is. Um, yeah, it's not our house, it's our father's house that we come to. So I, I always think that's a, a neat connection, too. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, I think... Uh, By the way, two turn... I got that. You page... Uh, two turn page. Yeah, thanks, thanks for keeping that down. Okay, yeah. I got that. Yeah, I'll keep keep the tally you. going. Yep, yeah, because... Because yep. uh, we get paid we by get the reimbursed. page <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to read more, John? Let's keep reading. That's right. And by the way, if we get paper cuts, we, that's workman's comp for us, too. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. I, I think the, the dynamics here, these family dynamics, I think it's just a, an account that a parent can relate oh, to, yes. too. Yep, yep, I yeah. mean, as as a dad with a, a new 13-year-old, it just you know obviously was 12, and a nine-year-old uh, to kind of put yourself in the shoes of Mary and Joseph. What would you? What would be going yes. through your mind as you travel a day's journey and realize you know your uh, your preteen kid is, is missing? Junior yeah. high Jesus yeah. is gone, uh, and what do you do? So I, I think it really junior high Jesus. <laughs> I'll remember that phrase. Yeah, Thank seventh you. grade Jesus, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I like junior high. Jesus. Junior high Jesus. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nice alliteration, yeah. I guess. But you know, so you put yourself in their shoes too. So I think there's just it's it's a very relatable story too. Um, I think for for a parent especially. So so you know I, I had the uh, same thoughts, similar things in the the years that we've preached that. So thirty eight years I probably preached on it. What uh, three into thirty eight goes eleven. A lot of times. times. You know? 
Um, but one of the great things about doing the one-year lectionary is that there's all kinds of other sermons written on this. In fact, Martin Luther has at least two that I know of, maybe three series that he wrote on the one-year lectionary. And so I've been kind of, since it is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, by the way, let's not forget that in 2017. We should have mentioned that. That's 500 years of Reformation. Uh, And it's still all about Jesus. Yeah. Uh, um, But so I was reading Luther's sermon, and it kind of caught me. Because you know what? Luther sees the key theme in this text? Suffering. 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 Is and at first right? I thought, well, okay, Luther. I never really looked upon this as a thing, but but it is because that's what Mary says. She says, "Your father and I have been searching for you in great distress." Stress. Yeah, and I thought, well, yeah, it is a text about suffering, and and that's where I started to see the connection with the New Year, uh, because I can just pretty well guarantee everyone listening to us at some point in time. There's probably going to be some struggles and trials this year. Oh, yeah, guaranteed. You know, we, we, we say Happy New Year, but the problem is and we kind of had that with you last week with Moses and about you know, our days are numbered and all of that stuff. Um, and I got to thinking, yeah, consider the key character of this story other than Jesus, which is Mary. Uh, who is the most favored of all women, right? Isn't that what the angel mm-hmm. said? Yeah, yeah, I remember and, and that. Yet, yet think what her life was like. Uh, the angel tells her that, and, and what immediately happens after she gets the message that she's the most favored of all women? Well, she she's, this child's conceived, and Joseph's about ready to divorce her. You can only imagine what the neighbors oh, are saying about thank, it, too. Thank you, thank you for being the most favored of all women. That's right. I'm the center of gossip. My own husband is going to divorce me. Uh, that gets settled. Uh, nine months later, when she's ready to have the baby, uh, you know, she's got to make a trip down to—and to, and as an old guy, old people appreciate because, yeah, this is how it was when we went to school. Three days on foot, uphill in yeah, the middle yeah, of winter. That's both what it was ways. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so again, th- this is what you get if you're favored, and then they get to Bethlehem, and there's not a single kind. Wouldn't you think there would have been a single kind-hearted person that would say, "Oh my goodness, you're about to have a child! Come and spend the night with us." No, nope, nope, don't got any of that. Laying the babe in a manger, you know. And then what? Within two years, uh, Joseph wakes her up and says, "Grab the baby, grab everything you can carry, because <laughs> yeah, King that. Herod is coming to kill our child." So I thought, well, if if you got Mary, who is the most favorite of all women, and this is what happens in her life, well, probably this year, you might have a kidney stone two weeks before Christmas, man. I'm not trying to curse you. I'm just telling you, it might happen. It might happen. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you were reflecting that you had some struggles already last year. You got through Christmas, which is just a crazy busy time for us as pastors. And then what happened the week after Christmas? Well, the week after Christmas, and it, usually it's pretty quiet. And, yes, you know, it you is. You need a little downtime, yeah. maybe as a pastor especially. And, and Honestly, maybe we probably all do. shouldn't the Lord do that for us? We've worked our butts off trying to get all the extra Christmas services in. We deserve a little break the week after Christmas. Sure. Well, maybe. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, Wednesday morning, got a phone call. Not one, but two people connected to Ascension passed wow. away. And uh, how dare they die right after Christmas? No, uh, but, you know, but what an opportunity then to, you know, to share the gospel. But uh, you never know, I think, is the point that, that you're trying to make. And I think that, you know, their deaths illustrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things happen. Now, here's the thing about all of those problems that we just talked about for you and me and for Mary. Those were all imposed upon us. They all came from the outside, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, after all, we live in a world where there are bureaucrats like Caesar Augustus. They don't really care about the people they're supposed to be leading. They just care about money. 
And we live in a world where there are people that are cold and, and, and lack compassion. And we live in a world where there are murderous people. In fact, uh, uh, this was a couple of weeks ago, but that, that fellow in Fort Lauderdale, that just started oh, in the killing people. Yeah. So if you live in a world like that, yeah, you're going to have some struggles or trials. But I think what makes it particularly interesting here for Mary and why I think she says not just that she was in distress, but in great distress. Mm-hmm. In this particular instance, it's her fault, <laughs> Right. Do you do you let your little son just just wander off and you don't really care where that the night comes and you go to bed oh I don't care where Noah's at he's probably hanging out at his uncle's house or something no, like no, that no 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 I I might but Lisa wouldn't <laughs> she would she would notice that he wasn't in his room <laughs> that's right well it's it's a funny age because you know junior high yes they, yeah. they have this this freedom but it's a limited amount of freedom because you know they can they can do stuff on their own but there's there's still a kid too so. So it's kind of this this interesting age, and that's right where Jesus falls too. And and so I think that's what's striking about this. And I think that again, that's why she says she's in great distress because this is kind of her fault. They should have been keeping an eye on Jesus. You don't go a whole day's journey out of Jerusalem and then start looking for your kid. Yeah. I would think when you were packing with the bags, you would say, "Is is Jesus with us, or, or is he with some of the other family?" You know. So there's this kind of neglect here as Mary as a mother. Uh, and for all of those who think that Mary is this holy, perfect person, well, apparently not. She She's forgot got... Jesus. Well, can you imagine that as a mom? And I wonder if she had this extra <laughs> anguish that, oh, my goodness, I just lost the Son of God. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. What's going to happen? <laughs> but you wonder. Yeah. Well, and, and talk, talking of extra anguish, we might point out that, that you know, they, they flee to Egypt uh, to get away from Herod, and they don't go back to Jerusalem. They don't go back to that area because the relatives of Herod are ruling. Yeah. And I'm wondering at the back of my mind, might be thinking, oh my goodness, we, we brought our son right back into the very area where he was in danger, and now maybe he has been taken and has mm-hmm. been killed. Uh, um, I used to tell people that I could identify with this, but now I realize that eh, maybe in just like a little teeny way I can identify with it uh, because I had great distress, but it was only like maybe 15 minutes, half hour. So it wasn't overnight. It wasn't you're... three days. <laughs> yeah, three days we're looking for him. For four days if you count the day that... Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, uh, years ago uh, we were in Sears and at that time uh, they still had the video arcades. You uh-huh. probably don't even okay. remember that. They weren't probably didn't have video arcades when you were born, but they did. <laughs> they used to in the Sears, and I was so focused on playing Frogger. I can to this day remember <laughs> the game even. And I looked down and I lost John. Oh no! My, my six-year-old son was so gone. he wasn't playing Frogger. No, you were playing. I was the Frogger. playing Frogger, and they were supposed to sit there and watch their dad do this, and he was gone. Well, and luckily, it was just 15, 20 minutes, and he was in like where the the workers are, you know, their 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 break room. Oh or something. no. But uh, uh, yeah, but see that's what stru- that's why this text is in the Bible, Matt. That's what's the wonderful thing about this text. This is actually a blessing to us because this is a reminder that this year we're probably going to have some distress, and indeed it might be because of our own stupidity. <laughs> You know, it probably will be. Probably will be, yeah. Well, just, he looks at me and comes. says that. What's that? You look at me and say that. <laughs> Only if there's a Frogger game available. <laughs> <laughs> but even as we heard last week in Moses, that the return then back to the comfort that the Lord is a Lord of love and mercy and a Lord who favors us and established the work of our hands, I think that's the point of this text here, uh, uh, that if you do have distress— 
there's a very simple thing you need to do. You just need to find Jesus because he's the guy you go to when you're in distress. Mm -hmm. Although, isn't it interesting, as you kind of alluded to earlier, he doesn't seem too comforting here, does he? Why were you looking for me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Uh, 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 which, which of course, Matt, actually makes perfect sense because who did Mary blame? Who did she say was responsible for her distress? Did you catch that? Probably Joseph. Oh, no. <laughs> Your father yeah. and I. <laughs> You're just talking like a husband. He was playing Frogger. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, son, why have you treated us so? Oh, okay. She blames Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you obviously have been blamed many times, haven't you, Matt? Uh, um, that's my default answer. Uh, <laughs> but but I could identify with that, too, because that's what happens when, when we do something wrong. We, we, we blame God. You know, we think it's like his fault that the distress comes to us. Of course, he does not cause our distress. Distress comes from the sinful world, from our own sinfulness. And, and I suppose if we're blaming God, there's not much he can do but say, hey, wait a second. <laughs> you should have known. What? what? It's not, I didn't do this. Um, because as long as we think that, that God is a God of wrath and anger and punishment and, and, and all of that, uh, uh, he will not be able to comfort us. But you know what, what tickles me is, is you, you caught the word of comfort there right, right off the bat. Jesus said, you, you didn't need to be looking for me. You should have known where you would find me because you would find me in my father's house. Yeah. And, and, and the great thing is the very first thing Jesus teaches us is that it's not just his father's house, but it's our father's our house. Father's house. Yeah, yeah, how beautiful. Yeah. So that's what struck me. There's, there's, uh -huh. a, there's a comfort in this, even in the midst of the distress. And it is a great comfort to know that we have our father's house here on earth and, and, and we can go there. And when we go there, it's not his intention to punish us. He might discipline us because that's what fathers do to the sons they love. Uh, but but it's going to be just filled with all kinds of stuff to comfort us, isn't it? That the whole yeah, Father's yeah, house is yeah. all about bringing comfort for people like you and me who are in distress, even when we're the cause of the distress. Yet the, the comfort there of the baptism and the the, the Lord's Supper and and the, the the Holy Scriptures just remind us that we're still the children. God still loves us. Uh, yeah. We are forgiven. Um, I think it's a beautiful idea that yeah, yeah in, the, in the year to come when we're in distress and we're looking for Jesus, yeah. we know where to find him. He's in his father's yeah. house, right? Yeah, and and we 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 were invited to come too. And, and the problem is, like Mary and Joseph, a lot of times we go looking for the end of our distress in the wrong places, yeah. right? Yeah. Because they, they started different. off by going with their acquaintances and their friends. And, and that happens. That's okay. But now it's not like God is trying to hide himself from us. He's very, very clear. We should know. And in fact, if you don't, we're telling you right now. <laughs> if you're in distress, go, go to your father's house and listen carefully for your father to tell you how he does love you, how he forgives you even for the things you've done wrong, and how he's actually even going to make that work out together for your good, because it does. It does work out for their good, doesn't it? Jesus does go with them, and Mary does end up treasuring these things in her heart, and he does increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with with Mary and Joseph. So uh, anyway, I thought that was an interesting story to begin the church year, that there's going to be some difficulties, but hey, we just need to go to Jesus. We know where Jesus is at. He's in our our Father's house. Yeah. Any, any final thoughts, Matt? Oh, that's great. And when you enter the house, uh, we always begin, usually we begin our worship services, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Remember our baptisms? And that's how we became children of the Heavenly Father. Exactly. Do that water and word. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for sharing. Thanks 
Luther in this uh, 500th anniversary of the Reformation for his insight, too, into this account. Uh, Distress in the new year, but take comfort. Find Jesus in his Father's house. And you know where he's at. He's not hiding from you. Yeah. yeah. All right. And we'll hear a little bit more about Jesus maybe next week. I bet so. On Wrestling (laughs) Wrestling with with the the basics. Basics.